I want to share with you a few scriptures tonight before we uh, lay hands on the sick and whatever else the Lord would direct us to do. Uh, He's already directed us to do that. And so in Acts chapter 10, I want you to look in your Bible if you have one. If you don't, you could look on with somebody else or certainly you could pay real good attention. Acts chapter 10, that's the only thing that's going to cost you tonight. You have to pay attention. (laughs) Amen. Cost you a little mental brain power. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Amen. What did Jesus do? Well, he went about doing good. What was that good? He healed all who were oppressed of the devil, uh, for God was with them. So much in this verse. When God is with a person, what does that result in? One thing it results in is an ability to heal those who are oppressed of the devil. Here's something else we should just note real simple and real clear. The Bible refers to sickness as demonic or satanic oppression. Amen. Amen. Sickness is not of any benefit to anyone. If you've been suffering with a sickness or disease, it is not for your benefit. It is not doing you any good. All right. It is designed to cause you to suffer and ultimately to die prematurely. That's the end result of sickness and disease. It's not a blessing. It's not a blessing in disguise. It is a curse. Amen. Now, if someone responds to a physical ailment or sickness in their body and they hadn't been looking to the Lord before and now they do because they don't see any other way, um, well, thank God for that. But how many know we could have done that without the sickness? All right, Uh, but nevertheless, if someone does do that, then thank God, you know, that you took a bad situation and took an opportunity out of it to look to the Lord, amen, and he'll accommodate you, he's not, he's not ticked off off at you. Someone said, well, you know, I never even seek God until I come down with a big problem. I know that's a problem, you shouldn't do that, but God's very merciful, (laughs) It's not like some other people we know who, well, now you come around. What, when you need some money, that's the only time I see you. <laughs> uh, well, the Lord knows that about us sometimes, doesn't approve of that, but loves us anyway. And if we only come when we need something, you know what? He's going to say, all right, I'd rather you showed up before you needed it, but you're here and I'm going to take care of it for you. I'm going to give you what you need, help you out in this circumstance and bring you up and bring you out. Amen? And he'll do that with no strings attached because it's all based on Jesus. Now, after the fact, he'll probably talk to you about stirring it up 
and walking with him regularly, you know, being in church and, and, and living for God on a regular basis. But understand, again, our healing is not based on our goodness or our perfection or us just doing everything right anyway. Because hmm? if that were the case, none of us would qualify. All of us would be just uh, pleading and begging for, for something to happen and, and have no assurance that it would. Again, now, Jesus' ministry, a majority and a big part of his ministry was healing. Okay, he did an abundance of teaching, he preached, he helped people, he gave to the poor. But one of the most outstanding characteristics of the ministry of Jesus was healing the sick. In fact, it is one of the biggest things that drew multitudes of crowds to follow his ministry because of this, the tremendous miracles that would take place on a regular basis. God really hates sickness and disease. He absolutely hates it. How many know that we are his top creation? The human race is, uh, we're, not on, we're not just a little more involved, evolved than the monkey. We're not just a little bit more evolved than a horse and a cow. And I don't have anything, you know, against the animals. We, sh you know, thank God for nice animals. They're all great and everything. But understand that uh, you're not close to them in any way in God's mind. You are and I am his very top creation. We are created in the very image and likeness of God to be in fellowship with him. We're made so we can communicate with him on his level. That's what he designed for us. And for a disease or a sickness to cause you pain and to give you trouble and to uh, cause you to not be able to live full, a full life, that's a problem. All right? And that is disappointing to the heart of God. Because, again, you're his. Created by his hands. He loves you with, uh, you know, a love that goes beyond knowledge. That passes knowledge. And so Jesus was in the healing business. It's called a good thing. And we should also be about doing good. Do you believe that Christians today ought to be doing good? <laughs> I don't think you'd have anyone disagree with that, that Christians should do good stuff. But you know what? One of the, good, one of the things that the Bible calls good right here is healing. Jesus went about doing good and healing. So healing is a good thing and you and I by his spirit and power are supposed to be involved in the healing ministry. If you'll back up to the first chapter of Acts, let me, let me make a point here because Jesus had a huge healing ministry. Again, like I said, it was a major part of what he did. He would bring healing to the sick. Now in, in verse 1, of chapter 1 of Acts, the Bible says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Now, the former account is the book of Luke. Okay, Luke is the writer of Acts, and he writes this to Theophilus. Aren't you glad your name is not Theophilus? And, uh, <laughs> and he's writing another account, but notice how he prefaced the book of Acts. What, what do we know the book of Acts to be? We oftentimes speak of it as um, the move of God. How God began in the early church and the mighty demonstration of his power and miracles and many were saved and, and just about the journeys of Paul and, and, and other, uh, other people, how, how they did the work of God. Okay, it's a power book. It's a Holy Ghost book. But the writer said he 
made the former account, the book of Luke, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Notice he didn't say the former account I wrote of all that Jesus did in healing and teaching. Because he knew that what Jesus did during his three and a half years of ministry on the earth was simply a beginning of what he would continue to do through the church. Amen. Jesus wasn't showing up personally healing the sick in the book of Acts or today. But how many know his healing ministry still continued? Otherwise, he wouldn't have used the word began. And so what he began, he continues now today through all of the believers in the body of Christ, in the church. And so the same healing ministry that yanked dead Lazarus out of the tomb after four days, the same healing ministry that healed Peter's mother-in-law and healed the leper and healed blind Bartimaeus and healed so many people, that exact same anointing and that exact same ministry is in operation today through the church. That means tonight in this place, the healer is in operation. The healing ministry of God is still flowing for whoever would step out and say, Jesus, be the healer and be the healer through the church like you are. Amen. That's how he does it today. That's how people are, were healed this morning, how they were healed last night, how they're healed every day around the globe. If we only knew the great extent of all the miracles that were happening today, I tell you, if all we read is the newspaper, we're not going to see much of it. If all the news we get is from, uh, you know, some of the major networks, then we're not going to hear about some of the miraculous things. And they are happening every single day around the world. And so many people are ignorant of it just because, how many know it depends on what you look at? How many know when the news guys get on there, someone in that organization decided which stories to put on? There was... Tons of information, all kinds of events happening locally and all around the world. And they said, okay, let's report on this one, let's report on this, let's report on this. And they are basically putting into us, they're putting our focus, and we say this is the headline. This is the news that's happening in the world today. In reality, you know what? We're getting the news that a few big dogs chose. The top dogs of some of the largest news organizations, they chose to report on certain things. If you dig far enough, you can find a lot of other news, but most people don't know about it. Hmm. Because how many know, uh, and and I'm not calling everybody in these organizations the devil, but how many know the devil does not want to promote what God is doing? Okay, the devil does not want uh, miracles and the goodness of God and the, the healing things that God is doing all around the world to be known. Okay, we have enough happening in our local church where we could fill up the news. Hmm. I mean, I think we could have a, a number of you just uh, tell your story. We could have articles in the newspaper. Some of the testimonies from this morning make a great article in the Statesman. Huh? Wouldn't people like to hear it? <laughs> All right. I'm just saying there's a whole lot happening that most of the world is ignorant of. 
And all we know is about the wars here and about the economy here and, and about someone who, uh, you, you know, usually murders and usually crimes and all this stuff gets reported. And, and we don't hear about what the Lord is doing. That's detrimental. And people somehow have gotten the idea that healings are rare. That the miraculous stuff is just not a very common occurrence. I'm here to tell you, it's very common. It's very common. And if you're around here enough, you, you see some, but we're just a very small part of what God is doing. These things are normal, and they're happening all the time. Miracles, supernatural things. It's the easiest thing in the world to see God's power move. This is not difficult. We're not dealing with the, uh, the strength of human flesh. We're dealing with the love and grace of Almighty God who is ever willing and ever able at any given moment to change a life and set a captive free. Praise God. And so let's be mindful. Let's stir ourselves up. This is the easiest thing. We might as well have some, huh? Glory to God. Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 13, 8. Was quoted a little bit earlier. Remember Jesus had a healing ministry. Luke said it was just the beginning. It's continuing on. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. Is the Lord any different today than he was when he walked the earth and ministered personally and physically to people? No, he's the exact same, just the method. He, you know, at that time, Jesus was the body of Christ in the earth today. At that time, he was the body. But we know from the New Testament that now there are many members and we are the body of Christ. Everyone who receives the Lord becomes a part of his body and through his body healing virtue flows and miracles and healings and these things are a normal part. The body of, uh, the, body of the Lord Jesus is still walking the earth today. <laughs> we just have greater reach. How many know Jesus was limited in that time? I mean he ministered to multitudes but I tell you what we're doing a lot more than he was doing now. What do you mean we? We the body. We're all over the globe. We're all over the world and miracles are happening and God is moving through us all over the place because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still in the healing ministry today through my hands, through your hands. And uh, if Jesus spent a big part of his ministry on healing, then we ought to as well. Praise the Lord. Now, now look with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Let's go to get a good example of the healing ministry of Jesus. This is um, a story about how a leper was cleansed. Okay, you can also read about this in Matthew 8 and, and over in Mark chapter 1 gives the same account from a different perspective. But in Luke chapter 5, let's read in verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, uh, first of all, let, let, let's get a little uh, picture, little understanding of uh, leprosy, okay? Uh, how many know, this is Luke now, writer of the book of Acts. Luke, as we understand, was a doctor, Dr. Luke, okay, a, a med medical doctor, a physician. And so 
Luke really understood some things. Sometimes he'll give in his accounts a little more detail about someone's condition. Uh, he didn't give a lot here other than he said the guy was full of leprosy. Instead of the others just saying he was a leper, he was full of leprosy. You know, he had a big leprosy problem, not just a little bit of leprosy on the end of my finger here. He's, uh, this guy was full of leprosy. Now, we don't run into a whole lot of lepers. Uh, I've never had a word of knowledge in uh, a service in our church that somebody here has leprosy. Uh, I, I might, I mean, if someone does, uh, but I've never, uh, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't deal with that. There are parts of the world where people still deal with leprosy, uh, but not so much in our country, okay? Uh, but leprosy was a very, uh, a very nasty disease, really bad stuff. And what I understand about it is uh, that people with leprosy, they're, they're, they, they would go numb in some of their limbs, and they would say their feet would go numb. And what would happen sometimes is they could be walking along and twist an ankle and break it and not know it. And so they would oftentimes, I understand they would lose fingers and they'd be without uh, fingers and toes and sometimes feet. And uh, just really nasty stuff. I mean, just a, a, a horrible disease that they had. Not only that, because of the severity of that condition and how it could spread, they had laws in their day regarding lepers. And so you would, uh, not only was a person with, a, with leprosy suffering in, in many ways physically, but they also suffered emotionally and relationally because they were cut off from family and friends and they were not allowed to live amongst the other people lest there be an outbreak and other people get leprosy as well. And so this is a really uh, uh, horrible situation that they had, and this disease was considered incurable. They, they were instructed when they got around, uh, when they were around other people, they had to cry out and say, unclean, 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 so that others would avoid them and stay away from them. And, and you know, can you imagine? I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit worse than having a kick-me sticker on your back or or, uh, you know, or something, or maybe you just, you know, had a bad hair day, and so you're just wanting to stay away from people. I mean, they literally had to cry out and say, stay away from me. And it wasn't just people who were avoiding them because of, you know, some personality quirk. Uh, they really had to stay away. They had to make sure that they, that they, they stayed away. And so, uh, again, in their day, leprosy was an incurable situation. And that's not the case today. There are cures for that naturally but in their day there wasn't and so uh you know when you have something that's incurable and, and there may be some here tonight that you have a condition or something in your body uh that the medical profession has told you that there are no options here we've done what we can there is no cure for this you've got to either learn to live with this learn to live with this disability or in some cases you've got only so long to live Okay, uh, sometimes that can be good. And when I say good, just good from this regard, oftentimes when people have a condition, when I say good, I mean the incurable one. That's the illustration. Because oftentimes when people have something that gives them many choices, they don't put full confidence in the Lord. They don't say, Lord, I'm throwing the whole of my life upon you and your power and your mercy and i don't get it here i don't get it 
But that was the case many times in the Bible. It's still the case in many parts of the world. Here we, we have doctors and, and, and we're glad about that. But at the same time, um, we shouldn't have plan B. In other words, when I go to receive healing for my body, it shouldn't be, okay, I'm going to go up there and see if I can get it. And if it doesn't, well, then I'll just go and do this. I say wipe this out of your plan and say, Lord, I just, I'm just going to throw myself fully upon your ability and your power. And I believe that when your power touches me, I will be set free completely. And don't even let your mind think about another option. Amen. And just get it all. Just get it all from him right now. Yay. Amen. And so he said, again, verse 12, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's interesting. He had a question about the willingness of God. Is that ever the case today? It is. And uh, if that's the case with you, we need to get that solved. Okay, because if you have in your, in your mind questions as to whether God wants you to be healed, if it's his will for you to be healed, that can be a big hindrance, all right? And this was a hindrance. He knew, Jesus, you've got the ability to do this. He must have heard some stories or saw some things. He knew that Jesus had the ability to do this, but he wasn't sure if he wanted to. Maybe it was a result of his condition and having to be separated and yell unclean. He didn't really have, you know, he didn't really feel good about his life. Didn't think people liked him. Maybe he thought Jesus was going to be the same way and Jesus really wouldn't want to deal with him. He said, Lord, if you're willing, I know, I know you can do this. Look at the answer that Jesus gave. You know, we never have a different answer than this. It's that he put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing be cleansed and immediately the leprosy left him he put out his hand what did he do he touched it well you don't touch leprosy unless what you've got is more powerful than leprosy and jesus did and and i think that put even touching the guy communicated willingness and love and yes man here i'm here you're here we're gonna get this taken care of he touched the guy full of leprosy and he said i am willing you know the lord has the exact same answer for you and i today if we say lord i know you're almighty and you're all powerful and you know most people i think at least christians today we believe that god is all powerful he is omnipotent but some still run into the question but will he do it is he willing to heal my body and to touch me physically and the answer is the same today as it was then and that is yes he is willing amen amen and so he went on uh, went on to say here he charged him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them just as Moses commanded however the report went around concerning him all the more and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities there's two keys come to hear and to be healed 
Remember Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why are we doing what we're doing right now? Why don't we just quick start praying for and ministering to the sick? Because hearing is a key component in healing. Okay? And our hearing right now is setting us up. Our, your spirit is dancing right now. Woo, getting ready. This is exciting stuff. This is the word of God. And, you know, Psalm 107 says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. What did he do? He sent his power. No, he sent his word. The power is contained and inherent within the word. And so the word of God changes everything. These people came to hear and to be healed of uh, their infirmities, uh, so he often withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Now, it's interesting, if you, uh, in another account there, some might, some might wonder, why did he tell him not to go tell anyone? In, in this same account in Mark chapter 1 and verse 45, it sa- said, however, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. In other words, he got healed, an amazing miracle, and then disobeyed God right at the same time. But you notice the Lord didn't take back the healing. Some say, well, the Lord didn't answer my prayer, or the Lord didn't heal me because He knew I was going to do wrong. He knew I was just going to disobey. No, that's not how He works. Yes, he, know, he knows it. He knew I would mess up. Saved me anyway. Called me. He called me to pastor, called me to the ministry, and He knew I'd mess up sometimes. Hmm. And He knows you're not perfect either. Knows you're not going to do it all right. Saves you, heals, forgives, delivers anyway. But this guy ignored Jesus and caused problems for him. Look what happened. He said, he spread the matter so Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places and they came to him from every direction. He said, keep this one down because if you start talking about this, I'm not even going to be able to go in town. There's going to be such a human barrier. (laughs) There's going to be such a crowd of people. I won't even be able to get in there. So just I want you to tell someone, but I want you to go to the priests and do what was instructed in the law of Moses, bring the offering and so forth. That will be your testimony, and a testimony is good, and it's good to help a person to keep their healing. Uh, But go and do that, but don't tell everybody else. But he did it anyway, and Jesus couldn't even go to town anymore. He's hungry, he's saying, I'm thinking I want a taco or something, and I can't even go in there, I, can't, I just got to stay out here in the desert. And so he had to call in, get his food brought out, you know. But people came out to the desert to, to see him. Uh, but again, we need to have this understanding. Many today still question the, will, the willingness of God to heal them. Uh, we have his answer here, don't we? He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He said he's no respecter of persons. He said to the leper, I will. And he says to you, and he says to me, I will. No question about it. No ifs, ands, or buts. No exceptions. No circumstances that remove you from the willingness and the power or ability of God to heal. And if I've got his ability and I've got his willingness, there's nothing else needed. There's nothing else. What else, what else is lacking? He can do it and he wants to. I say the only component is we step up and say, okay, I'm ready. Bring it on, Lord. And wham. Just like that. You mean it's that easy? I mean it's that easy. I mean it's that easy. 
Let's look at one more scripture, Romans chapter 4. Praise God. Never did we see a time in the ministry of Jesus where he turned someone away. Never did he say, not even once, did he say what some people say today, well, it's not always God's will. Never did Jesus say that. I don't really want to be saying things that Jesus never said. He never, ever told someone, it's not God's will. It's not my will for you to be healed. Never did he say, it's, it, well, it is, my, it is my will. It is God's will for you to be healed, but just not today. Never did he tell someone, it's not my timing for you to be healed. Okay, and, and, and some of you, you, you probably hear me say things like that regularly and think, okay, I, I, we know that here. A whole lot of people don't know that. Okay, I, I run into people and, and you know, I remember uh, just a few months ago when I was over in the Philippines, I got to minister to some people that way and some people had a very sick uh, child. And uh, they were in the ministry, and, and they, uh, they were talk, telling me what happened to their child, and, and, uh, and so forth. And, and basically, they started talking about, well, we know it just, you know, it, it might not be the Lord's time yet. And I had to, you know, I did it in love, but I just looked at him and I said, I need, to, I need to correct you. I need to correct your thinking here. I didn't know if he would receive it. I just got done preaching, so he liked me a little bit. And, uh, you know, because, you know, brought the word in power, and he recognized the anointing there. And I said, I need to talk to you. I need to correct you. Talk to him and his wife. I said, that's wrong. That's going to that's gonna hinder your child being healed if you think the Lord is holding it back. If you think the Lord is holding it back for a later time, you need to know. And I talked to him about how, his, how their child's healing was based on the cross, not based on anything else. And that really puts everything into present tense now. It's available for every single person on the planet today because the root cause of all sickness and disease was dealt with in Jesus on the cross. He bore the curse. He was cursed for us so that we could be blessed. Amen. And so uh, just believing now that God can do something or he is, has ability or he is able is not enough. We must move from believing that God can to God will and even to this now. God has done it and I have it now. And that's what, if we minister to you just uh, in a few moments here, this is what we want you to do. I want you to already be thanking God now that He can and that He's willing. And that the moment hands are laid upon you, you're saying, and now I have it. Just like that, your hand of faith just reaches up and says, what you can do and what you're willing to do, I take it now. I believe that I have it now. And at that very moment, his power will go into your body and it will immediately start to change. Immediately. Not four hours from now. Not six months from now. It will immediately begin to eradicate sickness and disease and problems from your body. Amen. Romans chapter 4. Let's just finish here. Uh, verse 21. Without going into Abraham's story. Abraham, of course, had a divine miracle, enabled him to have a child at 100 years old with an old wife who was barren. All right, miracle. If, you, if, if there are women who here tonight and you say, I'm, something's wrong with me, I can't get pregnant, and, uh, and uh, well, that can change. Now, if you're 100, I'd say have a word from God. 
because that's not really the normal course, but if the Lord told you to have a baby at 100, then he's able to do it. But I'm saying, uh, typically what I'm thinking of, someone in childbearing years, uh, and they want to have a baby and they have not been able to, that can change. Amen. But I just wanted to bring out this scripture. I'm trying to get to it. It says, Abraham, verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able, he was also able to perform. Notice two things, promised and able. What's promised? That's God's will. What is able? That's God's power. What, what did Abraham get to the place? He got to this place where he knew God's will and he knew God's power. He knew what God wanted to do and he knew he was able to do it. Well, that's a powerful combination. That'll take a, that, that, that'll take a hundred-year-old couple and make them pregnant. <laughs> And if, you can, if God's willingness and power can make a hundred-year-old couple pregnant with, with Isaac and being the father of many nations, you think he can handle uh, uh, skin rashes? think he can ha- handle, uh, you know, blindness or, or hearing issues or, or breathing problems or uh, whatever, whatever you, whatever you can think of. Oh, piece of cake. Ah, it's just easy. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. He's able and he's willing. Amen. 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 So does God want you well tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Praise God. And let's not, uh, what we don't have to be concerned about here is the giving side. Not at all. All we're just coming up. We're not concerned about the Lord. We know what he said. We know what he's able to do. He's faithful. And so we're not coming up, Lord, do this for me. No, 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 no. He's willing and he's able. He's willing and he's able. He's really accomplished it in Jesus. So we're just coming and our main, main focus is we're just saying, Lord, I, I receive this. I take this. You're so good to me. I just receive this healing touch, this healing power in my body. Thank you for doing it now. I receive it for myself. Amen. that easy? We don't have to, you know, 100 miles an hour and just pray hard. No, no, just relax. If you need healing in your body, just relax. And, uh, and just say, Lord, I receive. I receive. It's that easy. Amen. Praise God. Let's, let's take a moment and, uh, and stand up. And, uh, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to ministering here uh, in just a moment. Praise God. Father, we give you all the glory tonight. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your presence, your divine presence in this place.